This is Perspective in Your Pocket, and I am Ingrid Sutherland. Today, I am interviewing Hollis Danaham, who is a learning specialist by trade and a facilitator of firewalking events in her spare time. Hollis has an exceptional educational background. She trained in neurodevelopment, so Hollis knows about the cognitive structures in the brain that are required for learning. In children and adults, she can pinpoint the exact breakdown point in processing. And at the same time, that makes Hollis able to identify the strengths in an individual as well. And that makes for a powerful experience anyone Hollis works with. So what got you started down the path as an educator? Well, I, when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. School had always been somewhat of a struggle for me. And um, I was, the professionals told my parents that I would never go to college and that they should put me on a vocational path. And after a few visits to BOCES and some vocational programs, my parents left the decision in my hands and I decided to go on with my highly competitive um, Edgemont High School education. And it's a good thing I did. I had some very good tutoring, and I started to get A's and B's in my later years of high school and continued with those good grades through my bachelor's degree and two master's degrees. And wow. that experience of having a limit placed on me and breaking through those barriers brought a passion for wanting to help other children who were also feeling that they might not be smart, but who were secretly extremely smart to break through those same barriers and become empowered. Yeah, I think um, many people feel that way by our antiquated educational system, but that's a personal opinion. Um, <laughs> but I another discussion. Another discussion. I know you're into project-based learning, and I think... I think that's really exciting and a new frontier and a burgeoning career in education that really accesses all the strengths of an individual in the classroom. But what got you interested in firewalking? So starting at a young age, I would say around 13 or 14, I started to feel that there was more to life than what I was experiencing in my suburban upbringing. And um, I started seeking and looking into different spiritual paths and um, delving into the occult a little bit. And when I was in um, college in the University of Colorado, Anthony Robbins came to do uh, a firewalk. And so there was a free Friday night talk and then the very expensive next day firewalk. So I went to the free talk and I was inspired. I thought, oh my goodness, this is something someday I have to do. But obviously as a student at this point, I couldn't afford the price of his firewalk. So we fast forward a number of years. I can't calculate at the moment how many. Um, but my daughter at the time was probably five years old. And somebody called me. I was living in Oregon, and somebody said, hey, you want to come to a firewalk tonight? I said, oh, my goodness, the opportunity has finally opened up. And I went to this firewalk um, with my five-year-old daughter, and uh, it was a most inspiring, inspirational, transformative experience. 
I was amazed at how you could walk across 1200 degree coals and it not even feel hot. And it made me think, and I just felt so inspired to share this with other people. I ended up um, signing up for a certification training to become a, a certified firewalk instructor. Can I ask, um, because I've never done it myself, but what is it like when you walk, literally, when you walk over the hot coals? What do you feel if you don't feel heat? What do you experience generally? Each each time is a different experience. So that first time I didn't feel any heat. Later times I did feel heat. Um, And I think it's a very individualized experience. Um, there's definitely fear that comes up. And one of the things that we talk about in the workshop is how, you know, fear comes up as a, as a teacher and that if we allow fear to stop us, then we never move forward in our lives. But if we see fear as, okay, you're coming up to tell me something and moving through it, um, you can continue, you know, moving in ways that you never imagined. So you definitely, I think anybody who, Firewalks, even after being a firewalk instructor and facilitating workshops, there's always that sense of fear right before you step onto the coals. Um, there is a group energy that happens that kind of brings you to a higher level of consciousness. So um, it's almost as if you're being held by the group energy. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't feel heat. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you feel like you get a little burned a little bit. And uh, we call those kisses from the fire. And often it <laughs> corresponds with reflexology points. So one time I was facilitating a workshop and there was a a man who got like a kiss. And we call it a kiss because it's just red for that night. And the next day it's pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. And it was right on his gallbladder uh, point on his foot. And we talked, I asked him if he had issues with anger and he, you know, start broke down and talked about his uncontrolled anger and how it's affected his life and on and on. And so that was a healing moment for him because of where the fire kissed him. Wow. So it was indicative of his outer life and how he is manifesting experiences. That's fascinating. So how do you... From your experience with stories and personal experience, of course, how do you see the mind-body connection playing out during a firewalk? So let me preface that with a little bit of firewalk history, if you will, or context. Yeah, lovely. So firewalking has been practiced for thousands of years all over the planet independently of each other. So it's not as if one person brought fire walking here and then that person brought it there. And you can't follow a trail like that. Basically, spontaneously, this healing, this um, ritual has been practiced all over the world. And it's always for healing and spiritual growth. Um, The Kalahari Kuhn in Africa believe that if you bring your energy level to the fire's energy level, you can dance and in it, you can rub your it over your head and put it in your mouth. And they do these amazing ritual dances with the fire. And they believe that brings healing. Then you have um, the Orthodox Greek Orthodox um, going into like a Christian based religion that has these uh, annual fire walking dances in a 
arena um, to celebrate uh, different uh, healing and spiritual practices. And then you have the, um, and I'm going to get to your question in a moment. I haven't forgotten, <laughs> but the, I wanted it's to fine. connect it with the, um, the Fijians in, on the island of Fiji who believe that you have to do a whole ritual, four days of fasting with no sexual relations, no eating, no drinking, um, prayer in order to go ahead with the firewalk. And so scientists actually put um, brain, uh, I can't think of the word, but you know where they put those suction cups on your brain to oh. read your brain waves. And they found that the brain waves were at a regular level. And as soon as they stepped on the fire, the brain waves changed. And as soon as they stepped off the fire, the brain waves went back to normal. So there is some scientific evidence that says that there's an actual brain shift that happens when you do firewalking. Now, as a facilitator, we work on helping people, number one, get their energy level up with drumming and chanting and dancing and sometimes board breaking, sometimes spoon bending, those kinds of activities to help them see that what you think is reality might not necessarily be what uh, what you thought before, because we've been told our entire lives, don't touch it, it's hot. Fire is hot. Don't touch it, it's hot. So somehow we have to get past our old beliefs in order to take the step through the fear to, to walk on the fire. Um, and so one of the things we do is to have people picture themselves on the other side of the fire feeling fine, having walked through it and feeling fine. To me, that's a brain kind of um, training that you're doing to create your reality the way that you want it to do. And you hear a lot of that these days with the secret and manifesting your dreams and all of those kinds of um, ideas. But in this situation, it's a way to somehow change your brain so that you can walk across 1200 degree coals and not get burned. I think that's fascinating. And how do you see your evolution as a facilitator with all these experiences that you've had? I'm sure you've integrated different techniques as you went along. So, um, you know, during the training you do every night, there's a firewalk. It's a week long training. I did this through, um, Sundor, uh, which is an organization started by Peggy Dillon. She and her former husband, um, Tali Burkhan were actually the people that brought firewalking to the Western world. And uh, Anthony Robbins watched them a number of times, and that's how he kind of mimicked them to do his firewalking um, seminars. So during the training, it's a week long, and you do a different firewalk each night. So one night was a 40-foot firewalk. So there are skeptics who say that, well, the reason why people can walk on hot coals is because the um, you have a layer of moisture on the bottom of your foot. And by the time you're off a short fire walk, you know, you have that protection. But then I would say, well, we just walked on 40 feet of hot coals. That doesn't hold true. Other skeptics say that the... Um, conductivity of wood 
in coals is not the same as, let's say, metal. So like when you reach into your oven and you burn yourself, it's because the metal you know, is a conduit for the heat mm-hmm. and that wood isn't. But anybody who stepped on a straight coal or touched a hot piece of wood in the fireplace knows that you get burned. <laughs> um, so anyway, the point being that during the training, you go through a 40-foot firewalk. One night you do a Tibetan firewalk, which is going through 108 times. Um, Walking through it 108 times. Correct, because that's a a sacred number to the Tibetans. Okay. And one night I did a cartwheel in the in the cold. Wow. Somehow that seems more perilous using your hands. Yeah. I don't know what. That's just my perception. Well, you know that the uh, sensory cortex in our brain. The majority of the sensory cortex in the brain is made up of our hands um, and our lips. So that's why you would think that your hands are much more sensitive because they are. Mm. Um, so anyway, the um, you asked me about the progression. So yeah, as a facilitator, you, yeah. you clearly yeah. there's so many amazing traditions going on, but and you have participants going through. But you've got to, you know, like like any educator, yeah, you see what works with one class and you adapt it for the next class. So I'm sure you, you know, as an educator, it becomes kind of an art and what you, yes. you think is most exactly. effective. That's true. And I think, um, so when I first started doing firewalks, I really mimicked it after Peggy's firewalks, you know, as any time, anytime you learn something new, you start by mimicking the person you learned it from. Mm -hmm. And so they were very, um, workshop based in the sense of we had indoor time where we learned about how our old beliefs can get stirred up and then they can be released. And we did, as I said, board breaking or spoon bending to help start the process of, you know, undoing our belief system as it stands and uh and it was and we would go out we would build the fire and then we would come back in and do this workshop and then we would go out and we would you know rake it out and and uh, walk on the coals and then um I began to make it more my own which was more as a, a ritual I've always been uh really connected with tribal rituals and tribal cultures and feeling like our culture really is missing that link of ritual. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, coming of age rituals and, um, things like that. So I started to make it much more of just a natural organic kind of ritual with drumming and chanting and staying with the fire the whole time, doing some fire dancing and fire jumping and those types of uh, ways and certainly, you know, answering questions and going through some basics, um, but using more the energy of the fire and the ritual to help people to make the leap across the coals. And I think that it's also as uh, a good teacher and also who I am as a, as a being, you know, you kind of read the group and mm. you have to kind of go where the group needs to go. So for example, now if we're doing this more organic way and I feel like the group has some hesitancy or there's a large need for some mental work, then we we will do that. How do you think, uh, how have you seen this change people 
you know, their perceptions. Have you been inspired by any stories or by participants? Hmm. Or maybe yourself? Yeah, I think the experience in itself is transforming because, as I mentioned before, if you have been told your whole life that something's going to burn you and then you walk across it and it doesn't burn you, you have to start to think about what other old beliefs am I holding on to that no longer suit me. I mean, we all, um, you know, in our lives have encountered things that were traumatic to us or that wounded us in certain ways and that we came up with compensatory ways of handling it. Cause as children, we often don't have the capacity to handle it in a different way other than creating these barriers or beliefs that we hold on to for dear life. <laughs> yeah. And so, and reinforce the rest of our lives. Exactly. And then we come to a point in our life where those things that saved us as children no longer serve us anymore. They actually impede our growth and opening of our hearts and our souls. And so we have to let those go. So I would say that firewalking is kind of a speeded up uh, method for being able to let go of some of those old beliefs that really don't um, serve us anymore. And And it is a joyous, experience it's this kind of like once you it's really terrifying and then you go through it and you're on the other side and there's this great joy that comes out because you just feel like number one like look what I just did oh my gosh if I could do that I could do anything and it's this very uplifting joyous experience yeah I can't I can't imagine you would even want to sleep that night like you would just want to go out and howl at the moon and celebrate the whole night because exactly. you've done something supernatural. Yeah. I mean, literally it's, um, it's, um, it's, it's a daring thing. And I think extremely empowering and, um, it's, it's gotta be very gratifying to watch the transformation. I used to facilitate, um, climbing walls. And when I saw a child or even an adult pass a point that they didn't think that they could do, they they were like literally walking on air. And it was, it was tremendous to watch and incredibly satisfying as a facilitator. Yes. And I see that with struggling. I mean, I, to bring it back to, uh, you know, Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, seeing a struggling reader who's maybe in third grade and has struggled with reading their entire life, and that's a real confidence uh, killer. And to see them start to really get the idea of reading and starting to read chapter books and feeling so elated because you, um, and I'm relating it to that because really firewalking is a metaphor for many things that we encounter in our life. And you don't necessarily have to walk across 1,200 degree coals in order to do a firewalk in consciousness. So you can, you know, when you're faced with, let's say, wanting to ask for a raise, how terrifying is that sometimes? Mm. But you have to go through that fear, stand on those coals, and you know, say your piece and, and ask for what you need and you get to the other side and you feel elated 
or you feel like, okay, this is not the job for me because they won't give me a raise or whatever it is, it's going to shift your reality. So, you know, one of the things I think about when firewalking is you don't always have to do it on the coals. Yeah, I think you can, um, you know, I always think of shedding your skin. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think firewalking is universal because it has that, you know, burning off an extra layer of yourself um, yeah. idea to it. But I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, we can carry that throughout our, our daily lives and just um, breaking out of our, our shells, our self-imposed shells. So what, what have you planned for the, for the future? Like what, I mean, are there going to be firewalking events in Newport or? So, um, usually somebody contracts with me to, to have a firewalk. So they decide, Oh, I'd really like to have a firewalk for my friends or for the public or whatever. And they'll contact me and we'll, you know, set a date, we'll advertise um, and order the wood. I mean, it's, it's quite a process to put on a firewalk logistically because you need to make sure that there's no fire bans on the horizon if it's a dry season and you need to get the firewood and there's a lot of energetic preparation from the facilitators. Um, so therefore it's something that is created way ahead of time. It's not usually something that I could do on the spur of the moment, but usually somebody will call me and say, I would love to have a firewalk and we set the date and we get everything ready and then we do it. So there's nothing planned as far as this point in time, but if anybody's interested in um, having a firewalk, they can contact me at, uh, do you want me to put my email on there or what? Yeah. How do you want what, to however you like to be contacted. Yeah. So H, Danaham, D-A-N-N-A-H-A-M at gmail.com. And you can communicate with me if you're interested in a firewalk or if you have a child that you feel would benefit from a learning specialist services. And I'd be happy to work with you. That's fantastic. And um, it's, it's amazing. Like what an amazing life that you you've had and able to channel those experiences that you had as a child and widen them and now be helping other people. It's a real amazing underdog story. Not that you're, you know, still in that identity, but I think what you evolved into is empowering others. And I think that a lot of people that have learning challenges actually have, these specialized gifts that are like hidden. Um, somehow I think it's connected just because I've met a lot of, uh, you know, people with learning issues and I see what amazing gifts they're given, um, that are often hidden because in school we're expected to be good at certain things. And if we're not good at those things, we think the person isn't capable of other things, but they might be capable of far more than the average bear. If you know what I mean, it's just that, you know, the specific areas that we're asking students to be good at isn't necessarily their strengths. Um, But then they go out into the world and they create uh, amazing entrepreneurial adventures and events and, 
inventions and things like that. Yeah, I think everyone has gifts. And in school, if you're a frog and they're teaching how to fly, you're going to get an F no matter what. Right. But you can swim, you know, like you, have, but you could excel at swimming. And um, that's what's great about things like fire walking is that people see the true treasure that they are. And I think people value themselves more because they realize that they can really do anything they set their mind to. And also they can let go of the beliefs that other people have placed on them. Right. The limitations that other people have placed on them so that they can truly go forth and be their authentic self. I think that's wonderful. Hollis, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And I have come away enlightened and fascinated and impressed. Well, thank you so much. It was a pure pleasure. Okay. Have a wonderful day. You too.